There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about IVF, infertility and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby and we're both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Hey team. Hey dudes, how's it going? Um, How are you mate? importantly not more importantly as importantly as importantly yeah. yeah um i um yeah i'm good you know much the same yeah um i well i don't know if i should tell everyone this so you may get some angry emails but i have become a little bit of a rule flouter no, um, i know and it's really not in my nature to be honest i think it's uh desperation has kind of pushed me towards this i think but- a lot of people like judging by foot and car traffic on my street a lot of people have become rule flouters rule flouters yeah um well okay so i'll I'll explain okay i've had a small number of um social interactions at a distance but in real life um in parks around southeast london <laughs> did you keep a two meter distance between yourself and the other person i did yeah yeah absolutely is that then flouting the rules well, I don't know, because I mean, I, yeah, this is the thing. It's a bit, it's a bit of a grey area, isn't it? You we know? are speaking on Sunday morning. We are due to be addressed by Boris Johnson this afternoon, who will, depending on which newspaper you believe, begin oh to God. cautiously lift lockdown rules. Yeah, there's so many rumours out there, aren't there? Yeah, I, I don't know. If there's any point in me saying this because obviously we'll all know by Tuesday, but I don't think there'll be much change to the social distancing stuff no they're going to change their slogan aren't they yeah stay alert something manage the virus save lives control the virus yeah manage the virus (laughs) (laughs) you go and sit down over there yeah (laughs) um yeah I don't know it's weird isn't it but um so yeah I've been for a couple of walks with friends uh but one of those walks um, was a mutual friend of ours who is hashtag TTC and hashtag struggling. Yeah, she inspired. So we've just done a we've just done a post on social this morning, haven't we? Um, but I was just yeah. gonna. Yeah, she, she basically inspired it because she was talking to me about something that I hadn't actually thought of, which is like the fucking Zoom calls, man. Oh like, my god, yeah. And I can imagine that in the industry she works in has a lot of people with kids running around in the background. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, the workplace is traditionally more of a kid-free zone, I guess. It is. Now, As I used to shout at my colleagues, this is a fucking safe space. Stop bringing your fucking kids in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I suppose apart from like baby showers and probably yeah. the occasion when you find out that one of your colleagues is pregnant, those are those are the bad, bit, the bad bits of work. But now, yeah. because work is online and on zoom and in people's houses you're like you're confronted with your colleagues fucking kids all the time yeah nightmare um but yeah other than that um yeah you know what i'm all right no 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 big news how about you mate well um i think i've i I think i've reached the the next phase of lockdown which is just like make questionable interior design decisions phase (laughs) (laughs) 
I love this because it is I'm sure everyone's having it um so we were I was standing in my kitchen the other day and we've got like I wouldn't say it's a back garden so much as a ground floor balcony like it's a tiny little yard outside our back door Mm. and um I was looking out the gate it just the the view was very upsetting and miserable so I was like let's paint the gate Mm -hmm. so we did you paint it with like a a seaside scene, like a landscape of a, a faraway tropical land? I did not do that. I painted it like a luminous coral colour. Ah. Um, like Monzo, Monzo colour. Yeah, like Monzo colour, exactly. Um, it was just like a, I, I was just like, we just need some bright colours in this house because the whole house we've been doing up for like two years now. And I've been all about the like neutrals. It's got to be very Scandi. It's terribly um, then, stylish. To those who haven't me. seen it, it is, uh, it's very tasteful, mate. Um, on the ground floor, though, I've just like, it was the last bit to, that we've done. And I've just gone mental. So we painted the back gate bright coral. And then I came downstairs the other day and looked at the front door and was like, the front door is really like tired. It was covered in cobwebs. Like, it's just an area that we haven't really touched. And I was like, we've got some coral paint left over. Should we paint that <laughs> coral? coral anybody <laughs> so now so now our back gate and our front door are like this luminous pink color that i've got to say came down to the the front door this morning having painted it yesterday quite like a sight for sore eyes first thing in the morning okay bit too bright bit bright like yeah but we uplifting perhaps yeah quite uplifting i mean it's gone from being a very dark dusty miserable corner to um quite cheery like very cheery oh. but I think this is the thing I think I'm like trying to use interior design to cheer myself up yeah yeah fair um, enough and then one day I might be like where's my really tasteful neutral Scandi house gone because the ground yeah. floor is like bright yellow and coral yeah you're living in some sort of fun house yeah exactly <laughs> like, exactly. like an amusement on the seafront yeah but the good news is that um, because I've been focusing on that, I've been less kind of obsessively thinking about pregnancy. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's been that's been my week really. Just um, oh, very good, very good. A lot of painting. Um, anyone else is interested in door door stuff? Cat Brown's been doing some interesting door work as well. Well, yes. Yeah, so actually, my decision was inspired by her. Really? Yeah. So previous our previous guest, Cat, um, painted her front door bright red. Yeah, that's and at Cat like, Brown writes if anyone wants to pop yeah, on and have a look. Look at her lovely door. So I was like, oh my God, we need to jazz up our doors. Mm, I need a lovely door in my life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But I went Fantastic. for the coral and she went for a, a more traditional red. And I think maybe her decision was better than mine. Well, you know what the good thing about doors is? You can just repaint them. Repaint them, yeah, absolutely. You can just do it again. Yeah, but for now, I'm quite happy with my choice. Well, I think it looks great, so well mm-hmm. done. Should we open the door to the episode? Oh. That's pretty hammy. I think it was. I think it was gorgeous. Um, um, yeah. So this week we are talking for the first of two times this series about egg freezing. Oh, excellent. And this is the first time. Do you mean excellent? Excellent. Oh, I missed that one. You dropped it right there for me to pick up and I fucking dropped it. <laughs> um, so uh, egg freezing, is is it tangential to infertility? Not really, I don't think. We've spoken to, we've had um, a couple of people who've chosen to, to go through IVF by themselves. Um, and I suppose this is the step before that. But also, I suppose, people who who aren't going to do it on their own, but perhaps are worried about their eggs getting older. Yeah. So just freeze them for future, right? Absolutely. So I, I spoke to Catherine Hendy from Alanza Wellness um, before lockdown, but after coronavirus became a bit of a worry to everyone. So we did make references to it, but also she was in my house. Oh, dreamy. Yeah. Um, and it, it was quite a kind of... I guess a, a practical conversation. We're talking a, a, about the mechanics of it. And really, if you're going through IVF, it's worth a listen just because it's kind of the first stage of IVF. Mm, yeah. And, you know, she makes the point that people going through egg freezing are kind of have, 
the same levels of stress as somebody going through IVF because you don't or a lot of them don't have somebody to do it with Mm, so you know a a lot of us who are doing IVF are going through it with a partner um but if you're going through egg freezing you know nine times out of ten the reason people are choosing to do egg freezing is because they don't have a partner Mm, so it's kind of a a lot more of a lonely experience for them yeah that's hard Mm-hmm. interesting interesting and it was a lovely interview and also Catherine very nice very nice lady good 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 um meanwhile Liz and Nick are dealing with a curveball a curveball and making peace with their decision Ooh, or just decision that's... making process I guess should we leave it at that and let people listen on yeah absolutely a cliffhanger um and then you spoke to Professor Tim I did speak to Professor Tim about Agnes Castus. This is something I've never heard of before. Yeah, it's actually, um, it's something that a reader, a reader, a listener, listener, um, emailed in with. Um, So they were wondering whether it's a good thing to be taking. Um, I'd not heard of it before. Um, and it's a wonder why, because obviously, once you look into it, it does it does make mention of fertility quite a lot. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so listen on to hear more about that. Cool. Um, and that is the episode. So I, that just leaves us to say, please, can you like, subscribe and rate and review? Yes, please. Liz, can you do all those things? Yes, please. Okay, well, just, just do, you know, pick some of those actions and do them. Um, or you can follow <laughs> us on Instagram. At Big Fat Negative. Um, Facebook. Uh, Big Fat Negative. The Twitters. At Big Fat Negative. Um, you can email us. Big Fat Negative Podcast at gmail.com. And please enjoy this episode. Enjoy. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm quite well, you know. We've just come back from a lovely, relaxing weekend. We're going to say at the gym. I mean, we have been at the Boom. gym. Yeah. Drop. Mic yep. drop. Very pleased with ourselves. Yep. But, yeah, we have just come back from a lovely weekend away. We have. In Cornwall. In of Cornwall. Of all places. Of all places. Lovely stuff. Mm. So, apart from our lovely weekend in Cornwall, what have we been up to this week? Well, more importantly, what have you been up to? Because I wasn't there. No, you weren't. So this week uh, we had our, or I had the follow-up with um, the consultant at our NHS hospital and because they changed the date on us, Nick couldn't be there. (sighs) And what were you doing instead? I was trapped on the train, which was delayed for four and a half hours. You were. Yep. I don't know which one of us had a better time, to be honest. Well, you did send it to me, you recorded it, and sent it to me for me to listen while I was trapped on the train. I did. So I asked the consultant if she would mind me recording our meeting. Um, I think I took the advice from this podcast to ask permission first, just before whapping my phone out and pressing record. Um, So I asked her if I could record it, and she was a bit reticent, to be honest, but... Was she? She was, yeah. She wasn't sure about it at all. Oh. Apparently, hospital policy is do not record. Oh. She had to ask me three times that you know to make sure that I was definitely going to be using it for personal reasons. Right. So yeah, um, so she wasn't that keen on it, but she let me record, and um, I just thought it was a much easier way to. Uh, yeah, originally I was just gonna dial in. You were going to dial in, corporate speak there. Um, yeah, you were going to ring in, um, but actually the signal's not that great in the hospital. So it was a, a pretty good way to be able to relay the information to you. Yeah, I speak very little anyway, so... Um. <laughs> Practically there. Um, I think because it was a very different meeting to what I was expecting, to be honest. Yeah, there was uh, something unexpected for you, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, I thought I would probably get emotional, which I didn't. No. I was very strong. Go me. Um, And, yeah, she basically threw a massive curveball at us, didn't she? She did. So, just to give you a bit of context, really, it was a follow-up appointment with the the hospital, so they wanted to chat about what happened with the previous round, i.e. zero fertilisation, um, I'd hoped to get some sort of 
feedback as to why that had happened. I didn't really. Um, and also to discuss a way forward. Uh, but because we are, we've kind of completed our um, NHS funded rounds now. So anything we do next, you know, will involve us having to... They want our business. They want our money. Yeah. They want our money. So, yeah, it was a bit of a... I, I wasn't massively sure about attending, to be honest. No, I, I, was it was it another one of those occasions where they were reading our notes while you're in there? No, she did. She had actually looked at oh, them that's, before. That's a pleasant. I mean, she treat. kept me waiting for forty minutes yeah, to read them. To read them, but she, <laughs> but she was. Um, but she she had read them before. Um, yeah, I wasn't too sure how I felt about attending because you know I was very much a case of well, we're not going to probably not going to do anything else um, with you guys from now yeah. on. Um, so why on earth am I coming in for you to tell me that you don't know what happened? But actually, I did come up with quite some quite interesting information. Yep. What so, was it? What was it indeed? <laughs> nice lead in there. Thanks. Um, so basically, uh, we had zero fertilisation, as you know. And one of the reasons for that could have been um, that my egg didn't realise that the sperm was there. I didn't know this was a thing. I am very quiet. <laughs> yeah, you don't like to bother down people. To, down to a genetic level, I'm very <laughs> quiet. So, yeah, basically, even though they used ICSI, which, as far as I was concerned, you know, effectively I don't know what I have to do to get you to realise I'm there, <laughs> to be honest, injected into the egg. Yeah, ram-raided <laughs> into the egg. Um, what was that? Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, basically. So, but the egg still didn't recognise that the sperm was there, which means that no activation occurred, which means no fertilisation. Um, again, I didn't really know it was a thing, but apparently no. it is. Um, and one of the sort of suggested, um, what's the term I'm thinking of? Solutions to this issue yeah. uh, could be some sort of calcium injection at the same time as the ICSI, which would activate, hopefully, uh, the egg. But again, we don't really know if this is how well tested it is. I think it's part of a study from what she was telling us. Um, So it it was was a bit of a... It was, for me, it was a massive curveball because I think Mm -hmm. I was definitely... You know, as far as I'm concerned, I've parked anything with my own eggs. Yes. And it really threw me. Like, her giving me the option to do what... Well, to, to kind of have a baby in as, in inverted commas, normal a process as possible, i.e. by using my own eggs. It just, yeah, it really threw me. I just didn't... I wasn't expecting it. And it really... Um, it just, I think, brought in some, brought in the option of using my eggs, which I, I, I thought was we were done with, um, and I thought I was fine with. But actually, yeah, I mean, having the option to potentially have a baby with my eggs and your sperm, again, was obviously it's the dream. It's what we want, um, and it was quite bizarre to sort of have that thrown at me, I suppose, when I wasn't really expecting it. Um, I mean, she also mentioned donor eggs, which we can come to a bit later, but just the whole possibility that we could now use my eggs, even though, from what she was saying, it's part of, like, some study, and it's, you know, the the evidence is is sort of there, but not really, like, Mm. they haven't done that much work on it. I was still genuinely considering it as a possibility. Like, it was still, oh, we could actually do this. And, yeah, it, it made me think, well, you know, obviously the concept of using a donor is... Obviously, I knew it was a big deal, but it feels like, yeah, this is a really big deal. My concerns were threefold, I think. Oh, go ahead. When when I listened to it, it felt a little bit like she was thinking out loud, which didn't fill me with a great deal of confidence. Mm-hmm. And then twofold... Twofold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to gamble on, yeah. money-wise, because yeah. we're paying for it. So it's still looking at the best option 
for us. I think if it was a free, if we had another go, I'd go, yeah, try that. Three what, a free, what, a freebie? Yeah. If we had another freebie. If we had known this the second time round. Yeah. Oh, I'd have been like, yeah, chuck it all in. Also, well, there's four, actually. Oh, right, You okay. made the point that what happens if we pay for it and there's no eggs? Well, exactly, because we've been there before. If this didn't work and they suggested something else, something else came out would work, mm-hmm. are we just going to go for that one to keep going while they keep suggesting new ideas? Yeah. Or would, would there be a, a break where you go, actually, we've, we've really got to put this to bed now? Yeah, because they're never going to come at you and say for definite that yeah. using a donor is the best way for this to happen for you. Yeah, because always there's technically a chance that it would work. I well, don't, yeah. We've never been told that there's no chance. No, and it's, it's the laws Neither of Neither of us have got, that, have got the issue where IVF can't work. No, it's the laws of probability, isn't yeah. it? You do it that many times. So while that's going on, they're always going to say you can try again. Of course. Why not, why not try again? Yeah, you have to be the one to sort of get almost have your logical yeah. head on and say... You have to make the decision, actually, I want to try something else now. Yeah, this isn't going to work for us. Yeah. yeah. So I think I was very much like, oh, we could maybe do this. And you were like, no, don't be so ridiculous. Well, I wasn't like that. I was a, I was a bit more cool-headed, I would say. I was going to say, I mean, I feel like I make you out to be some sort of... No, I, I just, I didn't jump on it no. as this is going to be the... The thing. Yeah. Whereas I think having the option for me was definitely like, oh, okay, I hadn't really yeah. thought about this. This is... It's 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 that kind of light of hope mm. that, oh, actually it could work and we could use my eggs, but... Because why didn't they consider this before? Well, yeah, but then they didn't know th- before. Free. Well, exactly. I mean, they did know, but I don't know. Because we've always had a bit of a crap. Yeah. I would be interested to have a second opinion. Yes. So I think that's what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to speak to the London Women's Clinic. Yes. And I'm going to email her. I meant to do that this week. I've totally forgotten. Yeah. You've reminded me. Um, I'm going to email her and ask her what her th- thoughts are on the matter, I think. Yeah. Because if it was financially motivated and we only had one enough to go once. Yeah. Which would you do? I think now that I've had a bit of time to think about it, we'd have to go donor, I think. Because there's just too much to gamble on this calcium thing. And I don't know anybody that's had it done. I'm sure there are people. Mm. Um, Also, I suppose with how we've been so far, we won't have as... It'll be a one-shot wonder, won't it? Yeah, Whereas like, if we have um, donor eggs, at least potentially we'll have stuff to freeze. Well, we could add up to 10 to cart if we wanted to, Boom. depending on how uh, spenny we're feeling. Chuck, chuck them in. <laughs> yeah, I just, the luck of the Irish has not been on our side no. as far as... Um, odds. As far as odds are concerned. So I'd be, now that I've been able to kind of think logically about it and get over my, you know, surprise... May the odds be ever in your favour. Thanks. Where's that from? Hunger Games? Yeah. Oh, cheers. Pulled that out of the bag from a while ago. <laughs> um, yes. So just, um, I mentioned that the NHS did talk about donor eggs. They did. Um, you asked, though. You brought that up, didn't you? If I recall. I, did I? I thought you did. I don't think I brought it up specifically, but I think she... I may have led into it. I think I, I seem to remember you leading into it. Yeah, I definitely led into it. Um, and she said, you know, obviously, if this is something that you considered, then this is an option. Um, and, you know, um, the person would likely be younger than you. She did actually say they don't accept anybody younger than 35, hmm. which is older than I thought. I don't know why. Um, but the one thing about the NHS with us. Um, is that you have to bring your own donor. So if you're listening... <laughs> bring your donor to work today. <laughs> um, Get in contact. <laughs> yeah. Or just meet us at the hospital. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. Sink in. Yeah. Um, which, you know, so she was like, have you got a sister um, who could um, supply, supply some eggs for you? Mm. I just feel like go down to Aldi, pick them up, yeah. pick up a half a dozen, be perfect. Um, 
some people you know obviously do that and uh they they basically supply the donor um who then gets screened from what i understand now i do have a sister but my sister a has not had a baby yet and doesn't know if she wants to have a baby um and b i think for me that's far too close a relationship yeah yeah so it's just and a and c did I go one, two, three? A, B, C? I don't know. Can't remember. Anyway. Threefold. Threefold. Thirdly, um, I just wouldn't want to ask her. No. I, f- I feel like it's a massive I, yeah, ask I of somebody. Want to put her in that position. No, and to have to make the tough decision to say no. Yeah. I just think that's far too. It's no. fa- it's too much, and you know the the my relationship with her is far too important for me yeah. to for no. me to to do that. Um, so yes, so as far as um, any doning, donoring, donoring, don- donating options are concerned, donor egging options are concerned, we would be going private. I think. Yeah, I, I don't think we would. Um, I don't think it's feasible to go NHS. No, not at all, not at all. And I think, I definitely want to get a second opinion on this calcium business. Yeah. Um, but. Until we do that, as far as I'm concerned, I think it's probably off the table. Yeah, until we hear a bit more about it. It just felt a bit like we could try that. Yeah, I just think it's so much money to gamble on it. Yeah. Especially if we've if we've truly set... You know, I feel like we've already moved the goalposts once by making the decision to potentially go again. Um when I, you know we always said three three and done and, and technically that has been the case um so we've already kind of readjusted our position once and i feel like you can keep readjusting your position yeah that's i think that's my concern that we'll just keep readjusting it or actually you can think do you know what we need to be true to what we decided now i would rather almost if you're going to do that i'd almost rather go right we're kind of just going to keep trying to do it works that approach rather than um yeah. which I really don't want to do. Well exactly. That but at least you're being honest with yourself. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing. I think you know, it's such a traumatic experience to keep going through it yeah. that you almost have to have an end to convince yourself that you can just do it one more time. Hmm. Because you know you know, it's always to be the last time. Um but equally having had the experience of the consultant coming up with this new theory of or you could you know do this calcification injection which by the way costs 150 pounds like seriously if 150 quid is the only thing that stood between me and having a baby Mm. i'm gonna be really annoyed yeah but on top of everything else I know, but do you know what I mean? It's not just if, it, if the whole procedure is over fifty quid. Yeah, keep going. We just keep going. <laughs> no, but what I mean is, we've already, you know, if we get the cash out of my wallet <laughs> now, there you go. <laughs> we spent all that money, and actually, we only needed this one extra thing that cost one hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, you just feel really cheated. But you just, given you know the the statistics, you just can't take the risk. I don't no. think. And would you feel better if you used all your money for that one that didn't work? Exactly. For some of the. Not saying donor eggs would work, but yeah, because equally you're still doing IVF. But and also, I don't think it would you kick yourself or anything, be annoyed because if you had a kid with donor eggs, you'd have the kid. So that's the, I don't that's think the you end re- goal, really. Isn't I don't it? think you regret. You wouldn't go, damn it! I wish I. We just spent that hundred yeah. quid. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's uh, been a bit of an interesting week. It's kind of. Thrown a bit of a curveball at us, which really derailed me for a couple of days. But actually, I think, you know, even though we're not discounting it, we're going to get a second opinion. Um, we're not putting our eggs in that basket either, unfortunately. No. We're not putting our eggs in the NHS basket anymore. No, I, I think it's that's the end of the road for them. Yeah. Do you feel like you're any closer to making a decision, given all the stuff that we've done? No. <laughs> <laughs> If anything, I'm more confused. Yeah, me too. So, yes, we're both um, reading a book. Well, I say we're both reading a book. I've read a book. Um, it's called No Matter What by Sally Donovan. It's about an adoption. It's about a lady and her husband who adopted two uh, children. And you're reading it at the moment, so... Yeah, I did want to read something else, but it was uh, slid under my... Read this. Yeah. You were really annoyed when I bought something else on Kindle. I was. <laughs> Content. 
<laughs> no, but I really it was a good it was a good read and it definitely connected me more with adoption. But we shall wait to talk about that until you've read it and then we'll we'll yeah, maybe chat we'll about it. it. Yeah, good. So that's us for this week. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you again. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. pleasure it's like a lovely day today it's cold but it's a nice one yeah um we're sitting drinking coffee we've got macaroons I feel chilled (laughs) I feel absolutely chilled um so we as regular listeners will know always start by asking people their journey so where like what got you into the egg freezing game it was personal experience actually so I was in a relationship throughout all of my 20s we were married we met at university and then boom at 30 31 just as I was entering a new decade Mm -hmm. uh, we broke up and it was chaotic and devastating and just this complete reframing of my whole life I can imagine and I think I found out about it through a friend actually I kind of overheard rumor mill so-and-so's freezing their eggs and it was just immediately interesting to me it was Uh something really practical that I could latch onto and something that I could do to sort of get rid of some feelings of panicking about the future. The clock ticking. Clock ticking. The old clock. Exactly, the tick-tock. Mm-hmm. And um, so having had my future mapped out for me, there was this guy who I was always going to have my children with. All of a sudden, that's just wiped clean, this blank slate. Yeah. I felt like it was a step to build a bit more certainty into the future. So it's obviously not guaranteed at all, but um, it felt like quite, it's a bit trite to say, and I think the word is overused, but it felt like a really empowering thing to do when everything is falling apart. I'm like that when, when something, when the shit hits the fan, essentially, I'm always like, I've got to organise. It's Mm. about like researching and organising. Yeah, exactly. What's my next step? Exactly. Get your ducks in a row. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I think... Because of that, mm-hmm. I kind of, or rather because there was so much other stuff going on, I maybe didn't give it the attention I probably should have. Okay. So I was actually quite laissez-faire about it. I was pretty casual. I thought, okay, yep, tick, freeze my eggs. That's something that would be cool. really practical to do. I should yeah. get on with it. And then when it actually came around to, to doing it, uh-huh. I think it blindsided me a bit that the process wasn't quite the walk in the park that I thought it would be. What made it confusing? Um... I think because it's an isolating process when you're doing it alone. I think IVF in general or any kind of fertility struggle can probably be really isolating. I haven't personal experience of that. But um, 
there's that feeling when it's like just you, just the injection, squeezing your fat, getting ready to inject, and you're thinking, oh my god, like everyone else is out there being yeah. normal. Yeah, and everybody else is out there shagging. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sitting at home injecting myself. Yeah, or in my case, everyone else is out there in their, you know, relationships or in their very uncluttered single dating lives, whereas I'm in this kind of weird in-between. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, maybe it's a mixture of just that, like being hit by the practicality of it, but also the hormones themselves. <laughs> yep, know yeah. that, know that. Yeah, that's a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't actually suffer from side effects. Okay. I know that I don't want to underplay what some people can Well, it's different for everyone, isn't it? Different for yeah. everybody. Yeah, so it wasn't actually so much that for me. It wasn't a... It wasn't a physically difficult process, just uncomfortable bloating, the usual. But it was, um, it was just more, it, it raked up bigger questions. Mm-hmm. Things like, wait, have I actually even thought about, do I really want kids? And how important is it for me to have biological children? And wow, do I really need to get over all of this and meet someone really quickly? Or Oh my God, yeah. A lot going on. Force yourself into a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's actually some research that says that um, even though you could kind of think that um, people who are undergoing egg freezing won't be as stressed out as someone who's right there at the coalface actually trying to get a baby right then and there, then because people are frequently doing it when they're single, Mm -hmm. it can make it just as stressful a process. I mean, I can imagine. I don't think that's a fair comparison to make, really, is it? Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of a silly one because I don't think that anyone's journey needs to be compared. No, no. Um, but also, like, it, you know, in a lot of situations when you're doing IVF, you've got a partner there supporting you. Mm. If you're doing it, if you're doing egg freezing by yourself, that's really hard. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem around with the same thing of people not really talking about it too much. I was quite lucky to know somebody who'd done it Mm -hmm. and to hear about it from her firsthand and be able to talk about it. But, you know, not that many people have frozen their eggs yet. No. And so it's it's something that it's not like lots of female experiences where, you you know, your mum or your sister or a close friend is going to chat to you about it. You're left on your own figuring it out a little bit. So you, how did you find your clinic? How do you make a choice like that? So I was actually living in Cape Town in South Africa at the time and in the process of moving back to London. And so for me, I kind of had two options. And so there were a few more things to consider than Mm -hmm. for most people. I'll just go into those first before generally talking about picking a clinic. But um, in the UK, first of all, it's more expensive than it is in Cape Town. Yeah, I can imagine. So there are number of people traveling for fertility treatments in general but not that many people traveling for egg freezing treatments mostly it would be IVF um but because I was living there already and I knew the system and I could go in and visit the clinics that kind of reassured me so as opposed to costing six or seven thousand pounds in London it actually only cost me two thousand pounds when you converted um the South African Rand. So that was pretty persuasive, yeah, as you can good. imagine. That's good. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> that's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then secondly, there's no limit on how long you can store your frozen eggs in South Africa. Whereas in the UK, it's 10 years. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At least for the time being. Okay. Yeah. So that's quite persuasive. Yeah, exactly. Um, and because I was relatively young for an egg freezer doing it, that would make quite a bit of difference to me. Because... You know, you don't have a crystal ball, you can't see the future. Yeah. And any kind of limit on something you're paying for is not welcome. Yeah. So let's just talk about what what exactly is egg freezing. Like, what does it mean? What is the process that you go through when you do it? So it's essentially the first half of IVF. Okay. So you kind of go in for a consultation and you have a hormone blood test, which is to, to check your AMH levels, your anti-malarian hormone levels and to scan your ovaries so that's something called an AFC or an antral follicle count so with those two measures and a few other things um, the doctor's just trying to get a bit of a sense of where you are so after the tests which are basically for the doctor to kind of figure out where you sit on the 
ovarian decline graph <laughs> so basically how many eggs you have left yeah right? exactly what your yeah. fertility looks like for your age uh-huh. um and that's not to say that's a judgment on whether you could get pregnant you know tomorrow or yeah. next year it's just how you might respond to the treatment and they're kind of assessing whether you'd be a good candidate for egg freezing or you know whether they'd advise actually it might not be the best course of treatment for you okay um so after that then um you can jump into it straight away or you can take a bit of time to prepare your body which i really really think is smart and i didn't really do and actually that's one of the regrets that i have because okay. i don't think i got the most out of it or the mm-hmm. most bang for my buck because of that i <laughs> will talk about that in a minute yeah and then um yeah then the same process as the start of ivf basically kicks in so you have your hormonal stimulation drugs that you take each day and they're trying to mature a load of eggs in your ovaries and then you take a trigger shot and then you head in for an outpatient procedure that you know is a little bit uncomfortable because of the bloating that you might Mm -hmm. be experiencing but the procedure itself you're under sedation or at least I was and in most clinics that's what they do and in this country they do that um and then take a day or two to recover and then back on your feet sedation is the best bit yeah absolutely the best the best sleep you'll ever have we always say (laughs) and it's that weird moment where you come around and then I heard in some clinics they write it on your hand but in my case it was on a piece of paper they write how many eggs you have because it's obviously the first thing you want to know when you wake up of course so yeah I had this little slip of paper waiting for me oh my god what was your magic number it was 13 that's really good lucky Lucky 13 (laughs) but they actually could only end up freezing 12 in the end okay because one of them wasn't uh Freezable. Freezable. Technical term. (laughs) (laughs) So if you... um, Because I read a piece the other day that said that they aim for 10 eggs and if you're not going to get 10, they kind of abandon the cycle because it's not really worth the money. Is that... So I've not come across that from lots of the doctors that I've spoken to. Okay. And we've interviewed quite a lot in in writing a book. Um, My doctor personally told me he was aiming for 12 to 15. Okay. But that was because I was 32 when I froze. Yeah. And okay. so that's that would be considered like a kind of sensible yield for mm-hmm. that age. Um, but most people who freeze are doing so over 35, if not at around 37, 38. So, um, yeah, it might be more like 10 that is the number that they go for. And okay. I know of people whose cycles have gone ahead and they've had, you know, four, five, six eggs okay. out of it. And especially with people kind of... Um, deliberately aiming to go for multiple cycles to start off with now Mm -hmm. um it's seen as more of an aggregate okay so what are actually are the stats like how many people a year freeze their eggs in the uk it's about only about one or two percent of the overall numbers of cycles that are done so we're talking in the thousands rather than the tens of thousands of people so far yeah and in the us um the stats the official stats are a little bit old but it's about 20,000 women a year okay. now. It's a very small number. Yeah, we're still not talking huge amounts. No. And in fact, that's something that a lot of the fertility doctors that we speak to, although you could argue they've got a vested interest in it. Of course. Um, you know, they really want to encourage people at least to go and get checked earlier. Yeah. If not to actually end up freezing their eggs. And how many of those people who freeze their eggs and have... Because how long has the, the procedure been around? I mean... Well, it's the it's been around for twenty five years, yeah. and it's been kind of approved as a as a process for twenty. Okay. So it's been around for a really long time, mm-hmm. but the technology has improved a lot over the last five years, okay. and so that's what's really improved the success rates. Yeah, with the new techniques. And what are the? I mean, because I guess you you have, for the sake of argument, you've got twenty thousand women a year in the US who freeze their eggs, and then quite a large portion of those, I imagine, wouldn't end up using them, right? We actually just don't know yet, because what's called social egg freezing or elective egg freezing is pretty new on the scene. Okay. So previously, a lot of people were doing it for health-related reasons. So cancer and that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, anything that could damage your your ovaries. Um, And it's, it's kind of the unknown at the moment. Yeah. So theoretically now that people are starting families later and later and now that more people are freezing because 
they're finding themselves unpartnered or it's not the right time to have a family mm-hmm. in their mid-30s or late 30s, mm-hmm. then we could see a lot higher percentage of people, a far higher percentage of people coming back and using the eggs. Okay, interesting. So, and what are the success rates so how, of the people who use their eggs to conceive? Like, how many people are successful? Because it, you, like, one of the things that you hear in the media a lot is actually maybe egg freezing isn't as successful. It's not the insurance policy we thought it was. Yeah, this is something actually that it's quite interesting. It needs to be unpicked a little bit because mm-hmm. technically the success rate is exactly the same for IVF. Okay, so one in three. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. So 30% and that's when you look at donor eggs. So kind of young, fresh eggs. Um, that have then been frozen. Mm-hmm. And then the trouble is that the stats that we've got of people who have actually had their eggs thawed and they've gone back and used them are a little bit skewed. Okay. So they show a success rate of maybe half of that. But that's because originally a lot of the people who were freezing their eggs were maybe their health was compromised. Okay. Yeah, so let's say an example of someone who was freezing because they were having chemotherapy. They are freezing when they already have cancer yeah. and who knows the effect that could be having systemically on their health and therefore their egg quality. And not only that, but all those eggs were frozen using the older techniques. Okay. Which means a lot more of them don't survive the thawing process. That's really interesting. So it's actually, it's a, I mean... IVF is really similar you know a clinic can say half of the people who come here get pregnant but they don't take into account people's age people's health conditions people's like anything like exactly that. it's like dirty data you've okay. got to know kind of what you're comparing okay interesting so I guess if you were going to look for a clinic one of the things to ask might be what are the success rates for a person like me yes exactly and because a lot of clinics haven't actually thawed a frozen egg from someone who's freezing in these circumstances yeah that's kind of a difficult thing to ask anyway because they might not have enough good data so as a rule of thumb it's probably just a good idea to look at their IVF data yeah yeah okay yeah because it's the same lab and it's the same doctors and it's a pretty similar technique it's just the first half of IVF really isn't it yeah exactly okay so let's go back to talk to talking about looking for a clinic because I think that's a really you know we were talking just before we started recording about like (laughs) the pitfalls of that um what is your advice for somebody who is looking for a clinic I think do start with the data okay so in the UK context the HFEA Mm -hmm. have got a great clinic data comparison tools you can actually compare apples with apples um and then look at the websites ask for personal recommendations do the regular comparison and then for me a huge thing is to go in and actually meet some of the teams face to face because something that is not thought of often enough is just how um impactful having the right experience can be yeah if you have a good relationship with your care provider, I think it can just change the entire process. Oh, I mean, all of this is very similar to IVF, isn't it? Like, it, you yeah, know, exactly. If you have a difficult doctor who's not very sympathetic when you cry, then you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, totally. And really, I think with a lot of the 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 kind of top clinics, mm-hmm. you're not really going to be able to separate them out on on data. It's yeah. not like going to give you, you know. 0.03 percent edge <laughs> and actually if you're looking at it like that maybe you're too far in the weeds yeah okay and some of it's just got to be you know a bit like the process itself on feeling on nurturing on mm-hmm. the relationship with that person and that's going to relax you anyway okay cool so one of the things that I find quite interesting and again I've kind of read a little bit about is the kind of at what point does it become worth it I guess to freeze your eggs because if you're 20 and like you don't have any health problems the expense of freezing your eggs is probably not worth it because it's likely you'll meet someone right yeah whereas if you're kind of in your mid-30s and you don't have a partner but you like hope to have one presumably it then becomes more worth it to freeze your eggs. so what what's the kind of ideal age is what I'm actually asking no I think it's fantastic point and it's something that people really struggle with because Mm. everyone just says what's the best age to egg freeze and it there's probably no right answer Mm -hmm. but there's a few different answers to that okay so if you look at it 
purely biologically, obviously yeah. the best time to freeze is in like your teens or your 20s when your eggs are at their best. Yeah. But no one's going to recommend that you do that. It might turn out to be a waste of money. Yeah. Um, there was some some research, I think it was by some some Harvard scientists who basically made this algorithm yeah. where they kind of did a cost-benefit analysis. Yeah, that's on, what you want. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of like young enough for your eggs to be as healthy as possible, yeah. but, you know, you're not so young that it's it's going to be a waste of money. And at the moment, they came out with 37. 37? being that age, which is actually really? interesting because it's older than... Um, fertility doctors would recommend. Yeah, I definitely would have thought that would be a bit high. Yeah, and so the range, um, just taking like a straw poll amongst loads of fertility doctors, the range that they recommend comes out somewhere between 34 and 36. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a few are saying, if you can afford it, come and, you know, come at 30, do a <laughs> yeah. birthday present. But I just think it's going to be realistic for everybody. <laughs> So somewhere between 34 yeah. and 37 seems to be the sweet spot. Okay, cool. So that's when we should really start looking at it. Um, okay, so what about, you know, you've decided that you're going to do it. And again, this applies, so much of this applies to people doing IVF. You've decided that you're going to do it. You've got a few months before you start your cycle. What can you do to give yourself the best, <laughs> I want to say harvest, that's not a good word. <laughs> Retrieval? <laughs> Retrieval, yeah. The, you know, the big, biggest number. Yeah. Biggest number of very healthy eggs. Yeah, um, this kind of depends like how much difference it will make. Sort of depends on your your health and your lifestyle at the mm-hmm. moment. So it's it's beyond doubt that lifestyle impacts fertility. Okay. And we know that there are lots of things that somebody can do to increase their chances of having a good cycle. Um, and that can mean emotionally as well as the actual outcome. Yeah. Um, but if someone is relatively healthy at the moment, maybe they're not going to see as much of an improvement. So the key things are diet. So it's the same as for naturally conceiving, mm-hmm. the Mediterranean diet. Every single study has shown that um, eating as cleanly as possible, eating organic diet that's high in plant-based, yeah. sorry, that's high in plant products um, with whole grains and omega-3s and actually, interestingly, getting more of your protein from plants and fish okay. rather than meat. doesn't need to say you can cut out meat entirely. Um, but yeah, getting more protein from plant sources is good. Okay. So that's with diet. Um, stopping smoking, limiting caffeine mm-hmm. and um, and alcohol. But you don't need to give them up entirely, according to the literature. Um, taking a few key supplements. Okay. Supplements are a bit of a contentious yeah, area. Yeah, a lot of discussions Generally. about them. Yeah. yeah, people tend to kind of be chalk and cheese on them and lots... Lots of doctors are pretty sceptical. What about folic acid? Because or folates, whichever. Yeah, exactly. Because we, you know, when you're trying for a baby, you're always taking the folic acid. But yeah, is that the case for? Yeah, it's the same thing. So they okay. say folic acid and vitamin D because okay. folic acid not only is it good for the development of the baby when you're pregnant, but also yeah. actually for egg quality okay. as well. Great when your eggs are maturing. Mm-hmm. Um, but another one, particularly for people who are over thirty-five that's interesting but not yet proven mm-hmm. is coenzyme q10 which we've discussed on this podcast before yeah. yeah and what why is that so there's this theory that well it might be more than the theory now there's quite a lot of evidence behind it that part of the reason why um you struggle to conceive as you get older is is not that your egg quality sort of it's not that your eggs themselves are worse quality mm-hmm. it's the final step of maturation is more of a struggle for your body okay so coenzyme q10 is involved in the processes of something called mitochondria in okay. your cells which are like the little energy banks mm-hmm. and the batteries the little batteries yeah. exactly and so it kind of supercharges those yeah and gives them a boost of helping to mature your eggs into good quality eggs each month okay so um, we've called it cock ten on this podcast. Official <laughs> 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 name. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Cool. And when would you start? I mean, when would you start thinking about this? Because we've definitely heard people say, "Give yourself three months." Yeah. Yeah. So that's the window in which your eggs are maturing. Okay. So it's a little bit like sperm in the sense that, so we know that 
sperm take three months to be manufactured Mm -hmm. and in the past it was thought that your eggs are sitting there fully formed waiting to go but Mm -hmm. it's not actually the case they in the three months before ovulation or in this sense the three months before your stimulation cycle yeah um they go through their final stage of maturation or the final stage of meiosis okay to completely paraphrase science (laughs) they they think that there's this kind of three-month window where your eggs are going through like a rapid maturation phase. Okay. And that's where you can make the impact. Okay, so stop smoking, drink less, eat well. Yeah. Um, Prioritise sleep, moderately exercise. So if you're kind of whacking it in the gym or if you're a couch potato, adjust that to just yeah. sort of three times a week moderately. Okay. And just, just be chilled about it. Yeah, and then the other big thing as well is environmental toxins of course oh is it? yeah yeah i mean so. i did go through a long period where i wouldn't touch receipts yeah the bpa the bpas yeah yeah or wash your hands thoroughly afterwards yeah useful for coronavirus anyway yes yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. scrubbing our hands raw i think everybody in the country is currently singing happy birthday twice while they wash their hands. <laughs> <laughs> okay so just just like you know, essentially treat it in the way that you would treat any egg collection cycle. Yeah, well, the way I kind of think about it is if you were trying to get pregnant, how might you care for your body? Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, you're kind of nurturing future pregnancies. Yeah. Okay. I'm nurturing future babies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, you know, before we end, firstly, how does it feel? You've got, you've got 12 eggs sitting in the South African freezer. It, I mean, does that... Does it? Do you feel more kind of relaxed? Do you feel like less like there is a biological clock ticking, or does it kind of? Yeah, I feel like all of those, all of those things that you expect to feel for me. Yeah, you know, I really did. There was definitely that payoff. Um, I think alongside that came a couple of other unexpected things too. So one of which was feeling a bit flat. Yeah, I felt like what now. Yeah. You know, it kind of solved a portion of a problem. Yeah. But it didn't solve every problem. Yeah. And I think when you focus on one thing for quite a long time, and then after that thing is over, you know, it's like anything, like a wedding or, you know. Absolutely. It's then, you know, you have a bit of a void that you have to fill. That was one thing. And secondly, 12 felt good, but it you kind of get that creeping feeling of, do I need to do another cycle? And that's something that's quite difficult to answer because it so depends on your circumstances. Yeah. So I'm in a relationship now and I'm 34 now. And if things progress, then we could theoretically have a child. We could conceive a child, no problem. But maybe for a second or third, I might need to use my egg store. Yeah. But if that relationship doesn't work out, then, you know, you know, your mind kind of spins off. Yeah. I can, I can imagine that. Yeah. There's a few more questions, even after it's all finished. I think it's really good to be prepared for that as well. Yeah, just be prepared that it's not solving all your problems immediately. Yes, exactly. It is what it is, but no more. Okay, that's interesting. I think that, again, you know, obviously my only experience is that I can kind of um, compare this with this IVF, and it's the same. You have, you're a bit like, Ugh. Okay, what next? I think it's called a focusing illusion in psychology. Ah, okay. So they say that when you um, you kind of put everything into this one um, this one experience or this one thing, and then when it happens, mm-hmm. you don't feel how you're expecting to feel. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, and actually everything kind of carries on the same. Yeah. It's funny when the world carries on and you're having like some earth-shattering thing and you're yeah. like... Why is everybody going to work? Yeah. Why is everything the same? Anyway, um, before I let you go, I just want to talk very briefly about the 10-year egg freezing limit, just because it's in the news. Like, people are talking about it. Um, MPs are currently debating whether to get rid of it. Why Why do we have a 10-year limit on egg freezing? I, th- I think that's what everyone wants to know. Yeah. It's, um, is it just completely arbitrary? It is arbitrary. I think, I think there was a reason in the first place, which was with the older technologies, they just didn't know. Yeah. And egg freezing hadn't been around for long enough. And mm-hmm. I really think the intention was to protect people. But the problem is with the law as it stands, it's, it's not protecting people. No. Um, protect people from what? Well, potentially from, you know, I, th- I guess it was back in the days when the technology felt a bit Frankenstein and they yeah. thought, what could happen to a thawed egg? And is the baby <laughs> going to grow babies. two heads? Exactly. <laughs> um, and so, 
But now the British Fertility Society and the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists, they've, they've all come out and said, look, we need to remove this limit. It's not protecting anybody. In fact, it's, it's, it's causing harm. Okay. Because you could take somebody who's 39 and still not ready to start a family who quite sensibly froze their eggs at 30 yeah. and they're about to have them destroyed unless they can get a medical letter proving that they've they've got a specific clinical condition okay okay well um your book is called everything egg freezing where can we buy it on amazon (laughs) i hesitate to say but that's probably the simplest everyone's on amazon and it's just a guide to going through exactly going through the process it's a step-by-step guide to the process so the first chapter is about exploring egg freezing Mm -hmm. so if somebody's still considering it or just wants to know more about it um the second chapter is all about preparing. So that's the, the lifestyle changes we were talking about. Okay. So that three-month window to get ready for it. Uh-huh. And then the final chapter is the retrieval itself. The process. The process. The process. Exactly. And then afterwards, there's questions like, what next? Do I need uh-huh. to do another cycle? Okay, cool. Yeah. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Kat. Thank it's you. It's been so nice to meet you. And you, likewise. Now it's time for IVF. What the F? What the F? So Agnes uh, Castus. Agnes Castus, yes. Um, so Agnes, fun Agnes Castus fact for you, Emma. Okay. It used to be called the chaste berry because it was thought that if you ate the seeds of Agnes Castus, it would reduce your libido. Ah, so not so great for baby making. Yeah, I thought that. I was like, well, that's, uh, you know, that's not going to help in this. But anyway, it is, um, <laughs> It's. I think more broadly it's taken for kind of things like PMT because it's kind okay. of helpful with uh, female hormones. And therefore, I suppose the hormonal thing can come into play with uh, trying to get preggers too. Okay, cool. But then I think there is some connection to potential miscarriage too but then isn't there always some connection to potential miscarriage with these things yeah I mean do you know what's really funny um when I had just had my last embryo transfer we went for Lebanese food I might have told this story already on the podcast and there's a lot of parsley in Lebanese food Mm. and I ate some of the Lebanese food and Mm -hmm. then realized and had a massive freak out because I was like, it causes miscarriages. The parsley, the parsley. Yeah, I was like, this embryo hasn't even had a chance to implant yet. Um, it, it didn't cause a miscarriage. No, it didn't. No. 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 Um, so Lebanese yeah. food, generally fine, I imagine. Yeah, go for, go for it, guys. Yeah. Um, uh, Agnes Castus, let's see what Professor Tim says. So as you're probably aware, Agnes Castus is a uh, natural remedy. It's, um, I'd check on this, but it's a, it's a shrub native to the Mediterranean and Central Asia. You tend to hear it being used more for women with premenstrual syndrome, um, but along with many of these sorts of natural remedies, they are often spoken of as regards fertility as well. It's interestingly, I did find though that um, the old-fashioned name for it is chaste berry, chaste as in... Uh, putting people off intercourse and that's because it was once believed to be an anti-aphrodisiac. Now from a fertility perspective there's not really any studies that I could find suggesting a benefit of taking Agnes Castus. Again it is quite quite widely used for PMS. From a fertility perspective um, I think you know if you want to try it and you feel better for it what have you or it's recommended by um, 
whoever's advising you on, on, on these things, then that's fine. But I must admit, from an IVF perspective, from a general fertility perspective, it's not something that we would be suggesting for fertility. So that's it. That's it, guys. Uh, next week, Emma, what are we doing next week? We're talking. Mm, we're talking about surrogacy, but we're talking about a contemporaneous issue with surrogacy. Um, we are talking about how coronavirus is causing problems with surrogacy. Oh my god! And is yeah. it causing problems? Is it causing problems? It is. It is. Um, so quite a like very a very timely story but really yeah. interesting and thank you to emily who spoke to us this week absolutely yeah um yeah so tune in next week tune in next week in the meantime should we say a little thank you thank you to liz and nick thank you to, to professor tim thank you to kat from alanza wellness thank you to agnes castus <laughs> thank you to acast <laughs> Thank you, Tegast. Have a lovely week, everyone. Bye, guys. tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There's stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 